I followed them into the subway. It's always a late train. Probably the same one each time. He waits for it to empty out. And then he kills them. He butchers them like cattle. I saw it. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Episode 189, welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where on today's episode, we're... Getting railed after midnight. God damn right we are. (laughs) It's It's almost time. It's in... Uh, We got nine minutes until we get railed. Oh, this show's about to get weird. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, I have... um, Actually, before we get to that, I have... I, I I have to apologize for something that happened last week. Okay. Um, <laughs> sometimes. Ooh, did you just hear me slurping? I that did. was that was gross. Hold I on. did. That was nice. Let me do it intentionally so it makes it less gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not even midnight yet. <laughs> um, so last week, whenever we do episodes that I'm super excited about, I have a tendency to like excite drink before the show. To try to like loosen myself up to make the show even better, and the first half is always great. But the problem is that well, we drink great. Well, well, you know what I mean. Uh, the problem is, is that when it comes down to doing the tofu, I get a little half in the bag, and I get a little. See, it's not even midnight yet. That's that guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a huge corkscrew. <laughs> we have we have uh, Joe Bob Briggs on in the background, and there are some weird Japanese. Iron Man movie Ted's, con. And Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's it's something. Um, anyway, though, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I guess my point in all of this is, if you were listening to last week's episode and you're like, wow, these guys, these guys really kind of kind of sound like crap sometimes when they drink too much and they ramble on and on and they slur their words. You're not the only one that thought that. So <laughs> I need to make, a, especially me, you did it a couple of weeks ago too, but uh, I, I'm yeah, going to make a conscious I, effort. I apologize for nothing. Yeah. I'm going to make a conscious effort to not do that anymore because it's so annoying to listen to. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like conscious efforts because that means, that means you're trying too hard. Well, or I'm just never really tried at all. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. My my philosophy on life is don't try anything ever. <laughs> and just see how things go. Um I'm not sure how that's working out for you, but like this week I didn't even watch the movie. Didn't even try. I almost didn't. I literally finished it about 20 <laughs> minutes before you got here. Tonight. I actually you you texted me earlier today and you're like, "So for tonight, make sure you have your picks." And I go, "Tonight? What's tonight?" Oh shit! It's Friday. <laughs> I still needed to watch the movie. Yep. But I watched it at like uh, I don't know, probably like three o'clock today or something. Yeah. Well. Uh. So hey, hey James. Yes. I'm looking at you in the flesh. Oh, I could I could touch I could touch your hand right now, I but could. I'm not going to because we're still oh. we're still social distancing at a at three feet. Well, then how are we going to have all this fun after midnight? Oh, <laughs> I I wasn't. Is it us fucking each other? I didn't. Okay. 
I am not. I am not up to speed on what we're supposed to be doing after midnight. I'm so confused about <laughs> but, uh, the rules. But I'm excited either way. <laughs> uh, no, Mike and I are reunited. It's uh, yeah. It's and been. It feels so good. It's been like what three months, two and a half months, something like that. Mm. It. Uh, I don't even yeah, know. It's been I, a while, man. We we just literally tried looking up on our uh, on our phones to see when the last show that we were together was, and we can't even remember when that was. So. Jen was here for it, and I want to say that was... Jen was here for Mall Madness. Oh, no, it was way no, after no, that. No, hold on. No, that, was, yeah, that. Was, that was after that. No, she uh, was here for uh, Jupiter Ascending, I thought. No, not that. I could have sworn she was. My computer just died. Um, was she here? Oh, she was here for Full Term Terror. That's and that was in, in Seminoid yeah. and Demon Seed. So that was the last, that was one, that the last one we did together. together, I believe, yeah. Wait, so is it fair to say that Jen caused the quarantine? She showed up, and we couldn't suddenly see each other. For oh, totally. Three yeah. Yes. That bitch. Yep. <laughs> I knew it from the beginning. Actually, you know what? Uh, I I specifically said it in in uh, the, the the description for that particular episode. Which one was like the first one of lockdown? But I I can't remember. I'll find yeah, it later. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This doesn't is not matter. great to listen to. No, we've uh, we've been. Um, our te- technically speaking, our uh, our quarantine rule doesn't lift until Monday. It wasn't supposed to lift until the following Monday, mm. but uh, our our state uh, governor decided to lift things earlier because James, would you imagine that lockdown worked? Can you imagine that? I can. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bananas. Um, yeah, no, Michigan. Uh, it took a good solid two months or so, but Michigan definitely got uh, got the curve flattened. Yeah, well, I mean, we flattened the curve way way before that. Oh yeah, but I'm just but, saying that. Like, yeah, I guess know, whatever. Playing it safe. You know. Um, so but, it's yeah. so it's good. Everything worked out fine. Yep. Still not a big fan of Gretchen Whitmer, but whatever. Hey man, um, we uh, we decided to break break quarantine. We're bad people. What can we say? We're bad. And, we're bad people. And usually we have these blinds drawn behind us when we're doing this show. Mm-hmm. And tonight we have them open. Ooh, they are open. And if a cop drives by, he will arrest me. Well, I kept I kept it open so that I can make sure that COVID doesn't creep up on us from outside. Oh, okay. Like it's following you from your house okay. over here. I can I can see it before it uh, <laughs> before it strikes. Yeah, that's a good point. I have this lovely camouflage though of down tree in front of my <laughs> uh, my apartment that my complex apparently is just not going to do anything about. You know, why it not? is what it is. It's funny. I actually heard that we had some bad storms here the other night, and I and I remember I was up at like three o'clock in the morning the other night because again my sleep schedule is so screwed up still, and I remember hearing a loud popping noise, and from my room I can't see that at least not well, so I didn't know what it was. I came up this morning and I opened my blinds. And I go, huh, that wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> that was just it was just your boner. I sincerely hope that my boner does not <laughs> pop like that for no reason. Oh Lord, there's guy. You know how guys say, or they they don't technically break their dick, but they'll like, um, what do they they rupture rupture it, it or whatever? <laughs> they say that it's accompanied by a pretty loud popping sound. Oh God, <laughs> or like a crack almost. Well, like you hear stories, you hear stories about dudes that are like going super hard in the paint, right? And like they'll pull out a little bit too far, and they'll yeah. hit, they'll hit the the, the fleshy fun bridge and it's not fun and like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah 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 no i i that's you gotta look, you gotta watch out for that stuff man yeah you know 
I remember uh, I remember Carmen Electra tell, in an interview telling a story about how her and Dennis her and Dennis Rodman were going at it and he broke his dick. <laughs> you said Carmen Electra. And like when someone's saying something, do you immediately picture the person in your head? Yeah. You said that and for some reason the first Carmen that popped into my head was Carmen San Diego and I couldn't get her out of my head. I'm like, what? I'm, like and I'm picturing Dennis Rodman fucking Carmen San Diego. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I have a complaint. Okay. Uh, it's been a bummer being separated from you for three months or whatever the hell. Yeah. Uh, it is nice and cool in my basement. Well, it is not nice and cool in here. It's not nice and cool in here now. It was earlier. But, it's hot. Well, so it's, hot. it's hot. It's so hot. It's hot. Um, yeah, it's so no, hot. it was fine in here earlier. He's so hot. When I get, he's he's so tired. When you when you get two bodies in here, you know. Doing something other than just breathing, it gets a little gets a little warm. <laughs> Not that you would know. <laughs> Not fucking lately, man. <laughs> I tell you what. Well, it's the damn quarantine, man. It's the damn quarantine. Um, but no, like I was saying, because did, it doesn't help that I'm drinking hot coffee. We did. Uh, we did break. Uh, also, doesn't help that I just said coffee. Coffee. <laughs> drinking hot coffee. Drinking that hot coffee. Um, no, we did break quarantine this week though, and we did. Uh, we typically do a an annual zoo trip down to the Toledo Zoo every year. Yeah, it's a thing that we started like close to ten years ago at this point. I think it was like nine years ago. What? No. Yeah. Four. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than four. Not quite as long as ten though. But uh, anyway, though, it, this was supposed to be our week to do it, and we've all been we've all been very uh, depressed over it. So yeah, we decided to go out and do a little. Uh, little day trip out to one of our parks didn't yeah, really we do a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> we just we just drank and uh you and i had a catch that we was did. cool we had a catch it was very uh, nice um, we got back to your house and i passed out in your backyard for about two hours <laughs> you did i should probably post a video of that on our instagram because it's it's very funny uh i had no idea that i was out there for that long and then all. you and then you woke up and we went for a bike ride and we explored um an industrial park, <laughs> the military industrial complex. There is, there's a bunch of weird shit in that industrial park. I want to know what they do there. Yeah, it was fun. They shoot weird space porn. I did fall off my bike though, and I <laughs> fucking destroyed my hip. So my hip's been hurting the last couple of days. But other than that, a pretty good time. Um, and I haven't had much go- much else going on. I mean, it's I'm trying to get back to normal here with the uh, with you know restrictions being lifted a little bit what does that really mean for you though uh, kids are out of school right uh my son might go back to his uh you know Mm -hmm. his program and clinic so he might be gone for a few hours a day or something but i don't know it's just yeah i don't know trying to get back to normal but then how you know covid is sort of waning and then you've got everything else that's going on in the world right now that's just you know yeah which we talked we talked about that last week and it's yeah we don't need to get too much into it it's just it's it's still going on same thing this week yeah yeah. i've seen even more videos online that just make me sick Mm. on both sides of everything and it's so much upsetting stuff dude yeah yeah it's really really awful i I will say this though um i saw a video today i grew up in a very sort of rural town i mean it's not it's not like in the sticks but it's it's kind of tucked away in the thumb of michigan and there's really not a lot around it um but they had a uh they had a protest today Mm -hmm. um 
and it's the first it's the first protest in the name of racial justice in the entire history of bad acts that's cool so that was pretty neat um of course there how progressive of them of course there were a lot of people in the comments section who were not real impressed by it but those people are you know they are what they are is your shirt on inside out no it's meant to be like that. Like oh, it's, it's weird. The inside's darker than the outside. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's got kind of a sun-washed look. Hmm. I'm high fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I came over in my fancy hat, but I knew that my fancy hat wouldn't fit under my can, so I changed to this hat. I did not notice that. But it I doesn't didn't. change the fact that I wore my fancy hat over because it was my first time coming to the podcast in three months, and I felt like felt like dressing up a little bit for you. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure why you felt that way, but um, okay. So tonight's it's just the uh, hat I was wearing all day, and it really brings the whole outfit together. Shut up. That's that's fair. Uh, so tonight's episode is a little bit different. Like if you listened last week, if you if you made it through the entire episode last week, God oh, bless, God. God bless you. You are a saint. Um, I didn't even start it. So it's <laughs> it's it's fine for we. It it doesn't. It's not until about the last quarter of cannibal holocaust yeah where i really just start shitting the bed like I, it's like i just start repeating myself and we just don't ever get off of the end of cannibal holocaust and i'm just like i swear to god you could make a whole drinking game you'd be smashed if you just took a drink every single time i said cannibal holocaust because i was <laughs> i was so sick of hearing myself saying it after a certain point and I don't. Oh. I haven't listened to it yet, but I think you you did tell me that you edited some of the end down. I did, which we don't usually do. But Mike Mike kept doing the thing where it was like we were literally two hours into the show, and it's like, all right, we have another movie to talk about. Still, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't stop. <laughs> and he'd just be like, oh, and uh, and in my notes, another thing here, and <laughs> just one more thing I wanted to get to. Oh, and there was two more things that I wanted to bring up real quick, and I'm like, dude, yeah, no, I was a mess last week. So I know that I just realized it's not it's not fun to listen to. So it's all good, lover. It's all we, good. We can't we can't afford to bleed out our last ten listeners. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyway, though, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it, though. You know, week is a lot of uh, I noticed that a lot of podcasts were were taking the uh, taking the week off in like solidarity over everything that's been going on or whatever. Yeah. And I I thought about doing that, but then I, I then on on the other side of that though, I said. You know, not that not that we offer that much of an escape. Let's be honest here. <laughs> right. um, but I don't know about you, but like after watching, I can only watch so much of what's going on before I just need a yeah. a a cleanser of sorts before I can go back to it. You know, right. just to keep myself sane. Well, I mean, like there's been times in the last couple of weeks where I've just been. I mean, like the the COVID thing. To like by comparison, riding out the COVID thing, it's been awful and it's been mm-hmm. a, a huge tragedy. Uh, but it, it has felt simple in comparison to the last couple of weeks. Like yeah, everything really in the last couple of weeks has just been like soul crushing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's um, yeah. But so I totally, not- I totally get what you mean. Like we could have taken the week off, but at the same time, if you're one of our listeners and and our two hours of us being drunk and stupid and talking about movies can be a small escape for you then you know hopefully we can do that not, still not only just for for you know, anybody that might feel that for for me i look forward to oh it. yeah I, yeah i kind of need the escape so yeah absolutely i hope that no one didn't think oh these guys aren't doing that i had nothing to do with that trust me we're of course not we're we're on the same side of the fence you know on you know most everything that's going on so it's like yeah 
But uh, anyway, yeah, let's... Uh, anyway. Again, this is supposed to be an escape. Why are we talking about the, the crappy world right now? Speaking of escapes and crappy worlds, let's get into some us correct some corrections and us bang being up. crappy bang up bang up stupid you're so stupid all right uh james we did get some stuff wrong last week he sounded so midwestern just then all right uh all right uh, james, all right, uh, we got, there, james. Uh, got some stuff wrong last week uh let's see here all right would we gotta, get would we get wrong there gotta, mike gotta pull it up on my telephone here you should have probably uh, um, uh should have probably came more prepared there, fella. Should have probably had that ready, yep. Um, okay, let's see here. Fenway Park in uh, Fenway Park in uh, Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> I, I'm done. Uh, Fenway Park in Chicago. You said that it holds 57,000 or, <laughs> yeah, 57,000 some odd people or whatever. I didn't say that it holds that. I said it was probably yeah, comparable. No. What, to I'm the, saying, yeah. what I'm saying is that Fenway holds... 37,731, which means that the Dropkick Murphys played to 20,000 more people than Fenway even holds. Oh, I see. That's that was my point. Did you say Fenway in Chicago? Or no, where's Fenway? Fenway's in Boston. Boston, that's right. Boston. I'm not a sports, so, I'm not a sports guy, guys. <clears throat> well. This movie's fucking weird. Yeah, Sorry. I'm, I'm, having, dis- a, I'm, I'm having a hard time not watching it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're dumb. It was not Bo Derek or Goldie Hawn that was in Splash. It was Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Ah, uh, that Daryl. Wait, um, who? I said that. No, we said Bo Derek and Goldie Hawn. We, we but both. then I looked it up and I said Daryl Hannah. You might have looked it up, but you didn't say it. Did you edit me being right out of the show? <laughs> no. Or were you drunk when you were listening to it? No. Um, uh, also, it was not. Uh, it was the girl in the spider's web that was directed by Fetty Alvarez, which was the movie that came out after the Daniel Craig girl with the dragon tattoo Kay. thing. We said it was the girl that played with fire, or the girl that kicked the horn's nest, or whatever. I literally had um, no idea. I was yep. just. I was just talking. Uh, Danny Elfman definitely did the score of the Batman's. So you were right, and I was wrong. Um, <laughs> which I knew that. I knew that. I was <laughs> just catching up. Uh, and that's all I got. That's all, all right. Got. Good. Well, that's it then. Hey, that's it then. Hey, can you turn my gain down just slightly on the uh, the old oh, Behringer oh, there? Because oh, I'm, oh, I'll, turn I'm you, uh, I'll turn you down, baby. I'm getting a little How's distorted. That? How's that? That sounds peachy. You sounded fine to me. So cool. Um, yeah, so anyway, this week, uh, you know, we told you we were going to throw a, a poll up online uh, to decide what we were going to do this week. We were drunk when we said that. <laughs> and also, we, uh, you know, we were kind of busy we slash were. lazy this week, and we never put a poll up. So we were just, we were going to get our drinks to take with us to the park on Wednesday, and we just perused the uh the old we, beer section of parkway liquor there on 16 mile we kind of did the thing we used to do where we might actually find a beer first which we don't really do that too much anymore i like doing it that I, way i, I like it's finding fun. the beers it's fun yeah, yeah. it's fun for me to find them and have oh, to like to, pair them up yeah but we uh we went backwards and we found the beer first this week yeah and so we found a beer that looked interesting and uh, we paired it up and because <clears> it was a shorter week since we recorded two days later last week and uh, keep we were, talking because we I'm gonna look this up. Busy during the middle of the week, and we were out doing stuff. We figured let's just keep it to one movie, be a little bit of a departure from our normal, uh, our normal show. And granted, given how long our shows have been, probably having a nice condensed short show this week will yeah. be, uh, we'll be a welcome. Uh, <laughs> we will still find a way to uh, to to stretch this into four and a half hours. I I really really hope not. We um, will. We will. But yeah. Anyway. Because we're um, very good at it. While you're um, looking the beer up, I will say what movie we're watching. Excuse okay. Uh, we, uh, well, actually, the beer we picked 
Nah, don't you okay, fucking sorry, dare. Sorry, I will do it. kill you. The, the movie we're watching <laughs> uh, is Midnight Meat Train, the Clive Barker adaptation, uh, or the adaptation from the, the Clive Barker short story. It, it was originally in Book of Blood, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I Books believe of Blood, that's yeah. where it's from. So. Um, I, I have never read this short, short story. I've never read any of Clive Barker's written work. I know that sounds terrible. Oh, really? Uh, I've always wanted to, but I've always wanted to get the complete works of the Book of Bloods or Books of Blood yeah. to read them together because I've heard that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I just don't have. I have a paperback of part of it, but I don't have the rest. And I figured I'd track down the rest of it before I uh, before I started. So. Well, I literally i I had seen all the you know I had seen ads and stuff for this movie i think i had seen a trailer a long time ago but the trailers never gave much away no it didn't i didn't know what i was getting into when i started this movie and it went all over the place um which was uh which was a nice little surprise Mm -hmm. because it's it's rare that movies like really shock me these days you know what i mean yeah i had seen it a long time ago like years i mean when i don't even know when this movie came out but um i didn't i don't think i actually wrote that down but uh because 1977 is not correct. That's from last week. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll figure it out before we get to the tofu. But uh, yeah, I'd seen it uh, years back, and I remember liking it, but I didn't remember a thing about it. Oh, you had seen it before? Yeah, like, it was years ago. Oh, for fuck's but, sake. So were you, so were you s- still surprised? Like you had completely forgotten about um, it? And- I remembered parts of the themes. Like one of my notes, I don't want to give anything away right now, but uh, when we start talking about it, uh, when the movie first started, I had jotted down a couple of notes that... To see if I was correct, you know, like I just wanted to see if I was right in yeah. what I remembered, uh, and I was sort of. Uh, I like I remembered sort of the the ending a little bit. Are you still looking this up, by the way? I'm trying to fill time here. Oh uh, yeah, well it's <laughs> fine. We're just talking, but I I I hate I hate when was that tapestry? When yeah, it's like hey guys, fucking put some information online about your beers, you know. Um, I think it's tapestry tapestrybrewing.com. And that doesn't even pop up when you look. For... Really? Yeah, that's fine though. It doesn't matter. So anyway, this is called Train Fight. It's Train a fight. it's a Russian style imperial stout from Tapestry Brewing, uh, brewed in Bridgman, Michigan, bottled on one oh nine seventeen. So this is uh, about three years old. No, is it really? Yeah. You're shitting me. It's a Russian stout, though. Yeah, no, stouts age yeah. perfectly fine, but but uh, Parkway is usually a lot better than that. Parkway is the kind of place they um, they sell <laughs> a lot of you know deuce deucers. Deuce deucers, man. Uh, they, they they have just racks like whole aisles just filled with like uh, just random deucers. That, that's the <laughs> deucers. <laughs> that's the thing though is when you have. I'm using my gator clip to. Yeah, that oh, that's worked. fine. I'm into that. Um. When you have a lot of, when you have a huge selection of craft brew in like 16 or 22 ounce bottles, mm-hmm. what is your, like, what's your, uh, what's your turnaround really like, you know? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I, I'd be interested to know how many, how much money they lose, you know, and stuff that they don't sell yeah, that goes just, out of date. But then again, though, you got places like the other, uh, the other store that I go to that they just keep selling it. It'll be four years old, and they'll just <laughs> keep it right on the... But that's not a good idea. It's No, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> All right, so she pours dark. She does. She pours dark. For two weeks in a row, we've had just black-as-night beers. Yeah, why do we keep doing They're this just like, ourselves? 
Black is the night sky. Next week, can we just drink like a nice light lager? Yeah, I'm into that. I miss the fuck. I miss the. <laughs> I miss the natural ice from a couple weeks ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would. I like craft beer as much as anybody else, but super dark okay. beers are not my so, thing. Because I it, like, I don't want my beer to. I don't listen. I do like dark beers, but for the most part, I like. I don't want my beer to taste like a whole meal. You know what I mean? I mean, unless it's meat and potatoes. From last unless week. it's meat and potatoes. <laughs> I want to be able to sit and eat a meal and enjoy the beer. You redeemed your pour from last week, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, before we drink this, Cheers, I bro. did find something on beeradvocate.com. <gasps> okay. And it's a user review. However, this has a score of 90 out of 100. Really? It's a score of 90 out of 100. Uh, ABV is 11.2%. So oh, boy. We're getting, luckily, we're only splitting one bottle, so <laughs> we're not going to get too sloshed here. Um, let's see here. This is one of the reviews that's on here. It says, uh, Train Fight filled my snifter with an almost black hue and dark red edges. <laughs> a top set of dark tan short head snifter. that shrunk rather fast and grow. <laughs> Come on, guy. <laughs> a top set of dark tan, sh- uh, a dark tan short head that shrunk rather fast to a narrow collar of foam. The aroma <laughs> is toasted malts, dark chocolate, and toffee. The taste follows the nose, only richer than the aroma. This guy is, this guy is a fucking. So hold on, go back oof. to the, go back to the aromas again. It's toffee. It says, uh, the aroma is of toasted malts, dark chocolate, and toffee. I definitely get the dark chocolate. Yep. Oh yeah, that's all there. And toffee. Let's see here. Um, there is a little hop presence and alcohol warming at the finish. Mouthfeel is full-bodied, mm. creamy, mm. and chewy. Mm. Should never be chewy. It's it's <laughs> not literally be. chewy. It's it's like the aloe drink. You ever those aloe drinks where there's oh, pieces yeah. of aloe vera floating in them? Yeah, I like them, but they're the, uh, weird. What were the ones from when we were younger? They were called like Astros or something? Oh, I never or? had those. You don't remember that? Nope. Okay, here. Cheers, sir. We already cheers, but whatever, I'll do it again. Because I guess I like you a little bit. Ooh. It's got a lot of flavor. That okay. Might be from we were sitting talking, on the shelf for three years. We were, <laughs> this is this is quite aged, that's for sure. It's not bad. It no, tastes it's not good. Bad. I, I'd be I'd be interested in tasting it fresh and then tasting it three years later to see how much like how much of those flavors have really uh, compounded? See, it's it's beers like this, like this twenty two ounce bottle. I would have been fine with splitting four four ways. ways. Yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah, I agree like 100%. the guy said, he the guy said he uh, filled a snifter with it. Like this is just a, this is the type of beer that you share with friends, and you just like everybody gets a taste. You know what yep. I mean? Absolutely. Like drinking, a- drinking an entire pint glass full of it right now is going to take a little while. Yeah, this is the kind of beer we're talking about. Like. When people say, we, last week I think we mentioned it, people say that Guinness is a heavy beer. Like, no, this. This is a heavy beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> this this sticks to your throat going down. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's good. <laughs> the train fight in my esophagus. It is good, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's not one that I would grab for all the time. <clears throat> stouts stouts are really not my, my beer. I, I like stouts. I do. I do. I like they're, them. They're, they're very situational, though. Yeah. Like, I have to be in the right mood for it. Like, um, uh, Bourbon County, for example. Oh, dude. So, Bourbon County, though, is... I what mean, is it? get out of town, you Was know? it, like, 18%, something like that? 18 19%? No. Didn't they? I thought they were, I thought they were that, I that be, high. I think it might be 14. Okay, okay, 14 still. I remember the first time that I had it, though, you you brought some home from your dad at the... Uh, at the 
at his warehouse. Yeah. And uh, we were drinking out of wine glasses because it was that strong. You know, well, like you were not going to drink that much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever we, we usually, because uh, my dad has, he always has a few fresh uh, four packs of it. And then he's got a few that he's aging in the basement. Mm-hmm. So at holidays, we always end up drinking, I don't know, at least four or five bottles of it between me and him and my brother-in-law. And then the girls every once in a while jump in there too. But uh, um, so the, the, yeah, that's always, we always put it, he's got these really cool little, like, they look like little elephants, these little like hand-blown bla- hand, hand glass, uh, like elephant sampler glasses and you actually drink out of the elephant's nose (laughs) and they're so cool dude uh but they're just these like little tiny delicate glasses and that's what we drink our our bourbon county out of are you sure that you're not just drinking out of those like those uh those gravy uh separators you know where the fat (laughs) rises to the top and you pour out the bottom (laughs) it's pretty similar actually yeah yeah, dude. Good stouts, though. Mm. Good stouts are like good sexual partners. You want to age them at least 18 years before oh you drink them. <laughs> then just no good before then. No, no good before at then. The, at the very least. <laughs> oh, that's inappropriate. That's what we're drinking, and that's what we're talking about. So let's get into the bleed feed. All right, James. Yeah. you Hold on. You know what I realized a minute ago? What's up? When we were doing the beer and stuff. I don't know if it's because we're so, like we're sitting face-to-face now and we're in the same room and, uh, you know, not having to yell at each other over Zoom. <laughs> but I noticed uh, I noticed as we were discussing the beer, we started to kind of kind of bring our volume down to sort of an NPR level. While we were staring each other in the yeah, eyes. Yeah, like while we were taking taking things really seriously and being really thoughtful about the things. Maybe maybe we weren't being thoughtful. We were still being assholes, but we were kind of talking like this to each other. And it was really annoying. It's, it's the exact same <laughs> voice that you use right before you're about to introduce a song by Aaron Neville. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a terrible Aaron Neville. No way, dude. His high falsetto? No, but you said, but you you're not... He's, do, he's got that crazy wavering uh, uh, vibrato, though. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> I don't even know how yeah, he does it's, that, it's, man. It's, it's so like weird. his vocal cords. He's great. I love Aaron. Oh, Neville. Aaron Neville's fantastic. I love Aaron Neville. His vocal cords must just be so uh, springy, though, like so loose to get that kind of vibrato. Like I don't know, man. Just loosey goosey. Just loosey goosey. <laughs> how do you think he warms up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, no, that's weird. I don't know why we did that. That's weird, man. It's really weird. Anyway, get to the bleed feed. It's it's nice too, real quick, <laughs> that we don't have a delay, so we're not talking over each other at least as much as we were for a couple of weeks there. Like there was there were some times too. I was looking back to, listening back to the old episodes, and it's like the last couple of weeks when we we're you know doing. It, I tried to get rid of some of it in editing, but like you can't get rid of it all. And yeah. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, uh, you always talk over me. Regardless of that's why any said, situation. That's why I was saying it happens even more when there's that little bit of a delay. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. All right, go ahead. All right, let's get into the bleed feed here. Uh, rest in peace this week. We have one death. Uh, rest in peace this week to Ron Kurz. Ron Kurz, um, very, very important in in the horror world for one very specific thing. Um, 
died this week at the age of 79 years old mm-hmm. uh, due to heart failure. Mm. Um, I don't know why I said that so joyfully. Heart failure. Uh, Didn't no, really come across like that, but whatever. Well, I felt it. Um, like I said, 79 years old, uh, he had heart failure, unfortunately. Uh, he was responsible for bringing adult Jason Voorhees to life for the very first time as he was the scribe for Friday the 13th Part 2. Really? So he uh, he is the one that was in charge of writing the story that literally brought to life one of the most important characters probably in modern horror. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace to Ron Kurz. Uh, that is a... That is a Huge, huge, full bag life you lived, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, which I'm gonna make it work one of these weeks. It's gonna sound natural. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never. It's always awful. Um, there's not a lot of news this week, actually. Um, but I'm gonna get through some stuff here. Uh, drive-ins continue to be the driving force behind uh, the current box offices with cool. new releases, which is awesome. Uh, particularly horror, which is uh, you know h- historically, I I think you know horror and the drive-ins go hand in hand. So absolutely, naturally, you know, even though Trolls World Tour is out and some other stuff, I don't see them burning up the charts the way that uh, the Wretched has been. Trolls Trolls World Tour. So here's the thing, though, is tro- Trolls World Tour. <laughs> Probably most people did what I did, which was rent it the day it came out on your TV. Probably. Because... Kids want to watch it, right? Right. And not a lot of people want to take their kids to a drive-in, and also a lot of the drive-ins weren't even open. So Some of them were. They've been op- There's been a lot of drive-ins open for the last couple of months, because right, they've right. been well, open, obviously, for... So I think, that's why, I think that's why horror is doing really well, mm-hmm. because people who are... Like you said, horror and 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 the drive-in sort of go hand in hand. So people are specifically going to the drive-in to see horror. I feel like with everything going on too, there's there's something that's sort of um, like uh, uh, enduring. Is that the right word? endearing? Is that the right word I'm using? Like it's like it's there's something special about the drive-in. Like it's this weird kind of glimmer of like good times from the past. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in in the midst of everything going on. Here's this thing that that a lot of people used to do when they were kids or yeah. whatever, and it's the only thing that they can do now. So it's like this, it's this weird bright spot in this kind of world of darkness right now. When my folks came to visit last week, was my dad telling you about how there used to be a porn drive-in yes. in Bad Axe? Yes. So there's there's there hasn't been a lot of things go on in <laughs> the town that I grew up in, but there was a a porno drive-in theater. <laughs> That you could go to. They call it, please tell me they called it the bad ass drive in theater. I have it, no idea, but that totally would be appropriate. <laughs> um it's just it's it seems like such a weird thing. And it was like it was right on the border of a cornfield, so I guess young yeah, the youngins would sneak through the cornfield and then like stay on the edges of the yeah. corn. They were the children of the corn ex- yeah, children just, of the porn. Children of the porn. <laughs> They're, they're just out there husking themselves for a couple hours a night, every night. <laughs> just shucking it. Oh, yeah. Popping kernels left and right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cream corn. Oh, it's stringy. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, with, uh, with Drive-Ins, again, being uh, kind of the way to see movies right now, if you want to do it, uh, another movie that's getting released this week is uh, the movie called Becky, which is the, oh, uh, the Kevin James starring uh, home invasion movie. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I've only seen screen caps. It I haven't watched the trailer yet. It looks crazy. <clears throat> Kevin James basically plays. I, I, I've only seen the trailer a couple of times, and I'm, he's like a I, he's a Nazi or a white supremacist or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's um 
Excuse me. Um, yeah, he's got like a big, I think he's got a big swastika tattooed on the back of his head. Oh, he's shit. He's bald. He's got a huge beard. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Um, and he looks scary as fuck. <laughs> like scary as all hell. And apparently it's amazing. And the, uh, the uh, protagonist is like a little girl or a teenage girl, a young teenage girl. Yeah. And she's the one that fights back against him while her like family's being held hostage and stuff. Like, it's, wow. I, it's, it sounds sort of kind of like that. Was it Red Christmas? Where it was the, the little boy and the little, uh, Little boy and his older sister. No, and it that was, like was Home Alone with no, that was the uh, that was um, t- uh, Terminal something or the Killing something. We did it for the show. Yeah, I just like, forget what it's or called, the though. Killing Curve or the it was it, right. it was you you watched this movie I saw, before I, I was, ever did. I could have so. sworn it was Red Christmas. No, Red Christmas was the one where um, the guy in the big cloak, like he was he was uh, he had like um deformities from birth like he had the bit like a huge club foot and his hands were all wrapped in bandages and he and he had i don't know if they ever showed his face or not but he talked weird because he had like facial deformities oh they did show his face we and watched he, he way sh- too many movies because he you don't showed up one and i don't remember this one. <laughs> he, sh- he showed up to his family's house to say i'm your son Oh yes, and, I do remember that. And they yes. like cast him out, and so he got pissed yeah, and started okay. killing everybody. Nope, nope, I do remember it. Now. Yeah, that was a okay, good movie. I can't think of. I gotta. Let's be a correction for next week then, just because I want to figure out what that movie was. Yeah, it was, like, mm. it was like it was like Home Alone because the kid was kind of like weirdly sadistic. Like he was like we've watched a couple like that though, because the babysitter was sort of like. Mm. Mm. Was it the babysitter? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I can't. The babysitter no, not no, that, not but. no, not the babysitter. Fuck. You were saying that because Mayhem was on earlier and Samara Weaving is a babe. She's a babe. Uh, no. And now, fuck, this is annoying. Because <laughs> the babysitter was the one where the all those people were part of like a devil cult. Yeah. And yeah, they were yeah. going to kill the kids. To And so now there's two separate movies, though, that we've watched where one was more like a murder comedy mm-hmm. and one was like a straight up home invasion. But the kids were sadistic, like murderous little pricks. Yeah. Black Christmas? No, it wasn't Black Christmas. Better watch a, out. Better watch out. Better watch out. That was it. But there's another one. There's another one where the like you raved about this movie to me, and then we finally watched it for the show. It was like a kid who they live out in the middle of nowhere, and like at one point in time, he lifts a car battery up in a tree as a booby trap, and then it comes down. That's on, better watch out. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it is. It's not. Because this, okay. this one takes this one takes place out then. in the country. To be continued. Okay. <laughs> this is going to piss me off. <laughs> anyway, um, Becky is coming out this week. Uh, oh, Becky. Being, is that what it's we're... Being, it's being released to uh, a little over 100 select drive-ins this week. Mm-hmm. My guess is that if it does well, that will be you know extended. Unfortunately, we are not one of them. Uh, however, I did check with your wife today, and she said I can take you out on a date tomorrow. Tomorrow to go see the wretched. Tomorrow, I said. I said in the near future. I kind of. I figured she thought that. Well, I can't tomorrow. We got not? stuff going on. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Your kids are going to be in bed by the time it gets dark out. No, we got stuff going on. No, you don't. Because because no, you, you can't go. To, you have to, if you go to the drive-in, you have to go like five hours ahead of time. <laughs> you don't have to. Yes, you do. <laughs> um. Plus. We should probably, I mean, if we're going to make it a boy's day, we should probably check with a couple of the other dudes. Okay, you now, know? You're, now you're just ruining it. Oh, sorry. Now you're just ruining well, it. Well, I don't know. To me, <laughs> if there's more sausage for the fest, then uh, 
do, you know. I do love a good sausage. All right, uh, Godzilla versus, uh, speaking of big sausage, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I didn't actually, it stands to reason, I know that we've talked about it, I guess I didn't even realize that this movie was already done filming. I don't know why I didn't realize that, because I'm sure we've talked about it, but um, Godzilla vs. Kong has been officially rated PG-13, uh, and the reason that, that is news and the reason that I'm excited about it, A, there's not a lot of news this week, and B, <laughs> that means that there's probably going to be a trailer very soon, oh. which is very exciting to me. Cool. Um, I, I loved the new Godzilla movie. Um, I thought it was great. I, I didn't loved, see the second one yet. I loved Kong Skull Island, so I'm super excited to... See them coming together here. What was the new... What was this... Like, cause there was the, the new Godzilla. Mm-hmm. What was the second one? There wasn't. There wasn't? No. I don't think so. Am I going nuts? King think... of the Monsters. Godzilla, oh, King of the Monsters. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're you right. fucking... You're right. You're, you're right. And I haven't actually seen that one then. I completely forgot that movie existed. <laughs> Fuck. I got a movie to watch this weekend. Um, <laughs> point is, though, I'm, I've been excited about this crossover ever since they announced it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The fact that we're getting closer to that. Uh, it still has a November 11th release. Uh, release date so fingers crossed that doesn't uh get totally screwed up right on right on talk um okay talk 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 talk. uh speaking of movies i'm excited for uh we haven't heard too much news on kevin smith's moose jaws which is jaws but with a moose (laughs) but with a moose (laughs) it's uh it's It's basically jaws but with a moose it's his love letter to one of his favorite movies ever which is jaws and his favorite country ever which is canada that's Pretty much it. And his favorite animal ever, which is moose, eh? Moose, eh? It's his favorite. That's his favorite dessert. A, a nice moose, eh? A nice chocolate <laughs> moose, eh? <laughs> that's, that's how. I'm not going to say Canadians. I'm going to say probably more, more like from the region that I'm in. The region that I grew up in. If you went to a fancy restaurant and you saw chocolate moose on the... Also, nice chocolate mousse, eh? I'll take the uh, chocolate mousse, eh? <laughs> anyway, Moose Jaws, which is Jim, going to be the Jim, third. Jim, I think it's pronounced mouse. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Dana. I'll do the, uh, I'll do the chocolate mouse. <laughs> I love bad acts, I can dude. see somebody up there correcting that exactly. <laughs> yeah, thanks for pointing that out there, Dana. Oh my God! Anyway, Moose Jaws, which is the uh, the I don't third. Know who Dana is. The, <laughs> I just assumed there was lots of Danas just, up there. It just popped out. It's just the first name that popped out. It's Dana. Um, all right, can I finish? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Moose, yeah, go. Mo- Moose Jaws. Do. Jeez, you're really third, dragging us behind here. The third and final movie for his True North trilogy. Um, so during quarantine, he has uh, written uh, a crap ton. He finished. Clerks 3. Yeah. He finished Twilight of the Mallrats. Okay. So these are two new uh, Viewist Universe movies we're getting. Yeah. Originally, uh, when he had originally first written Moose Jaws, he had mentioned that he was putting, he was combining everything together. So it was going to be his True North trilogy and the Viewist Universe characters, which meaning Jane, Silent Bob were going to show up in Moose Jaws. Um, Perfect. He is now writing them out of the movie, seeing as though we're getting a Clerks 3 and we're getting Twilight of the Mallrats. Mm. You know, he's decided to not uh, blend those together since there's more stories to tell. Yeah, so sure. That's he fine. Is, um, I almost wonder if he was going to kill them, like if Moose Jaws was going to kill Jay and Silent Bob. No. I mean, why not? If he, It might be a reason to why he had to uh, write them out, if he didn't think he'd ever do the characters again. I mean, if she, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But um, anyway, though, he's writing them out of the movie, which kind of sucks, but we are getting all three movies now. Well, 
according to him at least, because we've, we've, we've heard that 17 <laughs> yeah. times. But um, anyway. Why don't, you, why don't you let us know when it's in production? Yeah, no shit. Kevin. How about you give me some real news, James? Like, real blue news. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the, uh, the accent for this, if you don't mind. Give me the mouse. <laughs> right after I eat the rest of this chocolate mouse here. <laughs> Uh, Adam Robitel's 2004 found footage uh, slash mockumentary, if you want to call it that. The Taking of Deborah Logan, which was a fine film, uh, is finally heading to Blu-ray, courtesy of MVD and uh, Terror Films on July 14th there. Uh, the release will also include a making-of feature at Don't Go Away, because I'm done. <laughs> now, why don't I go get some more coffee? Is that the only blue? And you uh, you talk about the rest of the news there. Was that the only blue? I thought there was that's, more. That's the only blue that really? I saw. What? Yeah. Unless you want to do my job for me. <laughs> what? All right, you want more coffee? Uh, I do, actually. Um, so I'm going to end the news here kind of on a downer. Um, but I feel like it's important to uh, to mention here. Uh, do you know who Danny Hicks is? Danny Hicks? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar, eh? He's, uh, Danny Hicks played uh, the character of... Uh, Jake in Evil Dead Two, he was the uh, he was the kind of the good old boy, you know that uh, that that drove um, uh, Professor Noby's daughter uh, to the cabin. Yeah. So uh, Jake, who uh, that was his film uh, that was his film debut. Uh, 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 Danny Hicks would go on to uh, he would he had uh, parts in Maniac Cop. He was in uh, Intruder, which is one of my favorite like. Sam Raimi type universe movies. I yeah. fucking love that movie. Uh, he was also in Dark Man. He was in Wishmaster. And My Name is Bruce. What do all of those movies except for Wishmaster have in common? They're all Bruce Campbell slash Sam Raimi-esque type movies. Yeah. Um, guy had a type, apparently. <laughs> um, I love Danny Hicks. I, I met him at a, uh, a con uh, a few years back, and he was fantastic. That guy was, he was just one of those dudes who was just happy to meet people. Like he was, I think he was kind of one of those guys that was, at least to me, I got the impression that he was just super pumped that like people cared that he did stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was, a, he, the guy was a super sweetheart. Um, he is 68 years old and uh, he uh, took to... Uh, he's his, also from Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely from Michigan. Um, he took to his uh, social medias today um, to basically say this. He posted to Facebook. Uh, to all the people that I never got to meet and the 6,018 diehard fans that enjoyed my work, I have some bad news. I have been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Uh, I have approximately one to three years to live, but I got to tell you, I sure as hell packed a whole bunch of living into my 68 years. I got no change coming back, and that's for sure, and not too many regrets. Okay, got to go. I'm going to go find out just what in the hell is going down in that fruit cellar. <laughs> And I love that because, you know, here's a dude that, like, probably got to do things in his life that he never in a million years expected to do. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, he's like I said, he for all intents and purposes, he seems like such a, a sweetheart of a dude. Mm-hmm. And even facing something like this, it's like his attitude is relatively good still, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely incredible. The reason that I bring this up, uh, not just for that, but uh, his... Um, his uh, the guy that basically runs his um, convention appearances and all that, uh, a guy named Dominic Mancini. 
I started a fundraiser over on GoFundMe to help with the medical costs that incur with all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what uh, Mancini explains here, I uh, says, uh, Danny is not one to ask for charity, but with that, he brings yet another opportunity to his fans. His days of traveling to conventions are in the past, but he has agreed to partake in one last autograph signing for those fans who never got a chance to meet him in person. Uh, whether you need him on... Uh, whether you need him on a cast piece that you have or want a signed 8x10 photo, we would have your back. Uh, they're basically putting up an online store where 100% of the proceeds go towards his medical expenses. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like his last kind of way, like, you know, help me, I'll help you kind of thing. Which right. I'm sure he doesn't want the charity or anything like that, but, you know, it's all going to a really, really good cause. So if you go to Full Empire Promotions starting uh, June 4th, uh, which it's already past year. So uh, fullempirepromotions.com, and you can get all the information there. And so basically this is the last time that if you ever if you haven't met him and you wanted to, if you're a big Evil Dead fan or whatever, this might be the last time to get something from him, unfortunately, yeah. before uh, before he passes. So kind of a bummer, but like in the same breath, you, you like to see, I guess... Well, it's, it's the attitude, I guess. Like he's kind of making. Yeah, seeing seeing people that seeing people that can remain positive uh, after something like that is, you know, it's always pretty incredible to me. Uh, like I've I've talked about it on the show before how uh, how big of a fan of Jeopardy I am, uh-huh. you know. So I can't imagine Jeopardy without Alex Trebek, and he was, uh, he was diagnosed what over two years ago yeah, now with stage four um, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, and he's still trooping along, and he, you know. Like he he came on, he did the announcement. He was very, he was very Alex Trebek about it, <laughs> you know, like just distinguished and stood up there and said, "I'm I'm gonna fight this thing and I'm gonna host this show for as long as I possibly can." And and he's, you know still doing it. Uh-huh. It's crazy, but um, but yeah. So anyway, pe- people who people who can stay strong and stay positive, I and I honestly feel like I feel like that goes a long way. Oh when, sure. When you're fighting it, an illness, it go, it's it's good for your mental health. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're keeping yourself positive, then you're 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 making your body fight even harder. I yeah. think, To progress more. You know? Right. That's that's how I feel about it. But anyway, that's uh that's the news for this week. I don't mean right, down, right. end this all on a downer. Hey. But, you know. That's all right. Uh. Anyway, so we're gonna take a quick break. Chug some coffee. Uh-huh. Uh. Some hot coffee. Hot coffee. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back. And we'll talk about uh, talk about our meat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a while since someone took interest in my meat. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it, bud. I'm here for it. All right. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. So uh, the movie this week that we watched, uh, Midnight Meat Train. Midnight Meat Train. Does this movie make you wish that we had a subway system in Detroit? Hell no, dude. It does for me. <laughs> I love the subway, man. Like, I love, like, the train. Like, whenever I go to Chicago, like, I love just kind of zipping around the different rails. Maybe it's because there's not one here. You know, maybe it's just the stupid touristy part of it, for me at least, because it's not normal. But, um, like, whenever whenever I go to Canada, though, like, I always take, like, the tunnels, like, underground and shit, because oh, it's, dude. instead of the bridges, just because it's way cooler. I don't like, I don't like knowing that there's that much water on top of me. 
Why? Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather go on the bridge and risk falling off of the bridge than be under the ground, but, like, under the water. Under all that weight? Yeah. I don't know, dude. Well, I've done your mom. Something weird. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. Bazinga. Um, no, I, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I can definitely see why some people would freak out about that, especially if you're like super claustrophobic, which oddly enough, I am claustrophobic, but that doesn't bother me. It's, it's a big enough space to where it just doesn't bother me, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's weird. You were just telling me uh, a couple of days ago about taking a, uh, uh, where were you up in the North of Michigan? Oh, you're the, taking, uh, a, taking a trip down into the mines. Yeah. It's the uh, copper mines in, uh, the tip of the rabbit ear, if you will. Man, when you're when you're three miles underground, that's it didn't freak me out at all. That is fucky. No, it is. It's <laughs> you say funky or fucky? Fucky. <laughs> Little bubbles for you. Uh, I uh, yeah, that's that's that freaks me out, dude. That's so weird. I'm. I guess I'm. Uh, but at the same time, like spelunking sounds <laughs> sounds like something I'd want to do someday. <laughs> I, I don't know. Then you watch a movie with the descent, though, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> yeah. fuck that. No, 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 no. I'll stay if, right here. If it was, if it was, a, if it was a choice for me to like be underground somewhere and something caves in, and the choice was either crawl through this tiny hole that you can't go backwards out of, and yeah. you don't know where the hole goes, yeah, or stay put and die, or or fight a bunch of bloodthirsty peace, monsters. Peace the fuck out. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Um, anyway, though, Midnight Matron, uh, the the movie uh, takes place. Uh, uh, it's a photographer's obsessive pursuit of a dark subject matter uh, leads him into the path of a serial killer who stalks late night commuters, ultimately butchering them in the most gruesome ways imaginable. It's mm. a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. Um, this movie is directed by uh, Ryuhai Kitamura. Mm-hmm. Got it right. Yeah, I got it right. Did you though? I did because I actually looked up how you actually say it. So, got it right. You guys. sure it's not Ryuhei? No, it's Ryuhai. Yeah, it's probably Ryuhei. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was close. Um, so did you did you look up what uh, year this movie was from by chance? 2008. Okay. I knew it was from the 2000s. I just didn't know the actual date here. I still have 1977 next to it because I'm an idiot. That's incorrect. It's very incorrect. Um, uh, and if it was, then Bradley Cooper is aging well. Right? Right. Guy is just... Just an absolute smoke show. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Uh, uh, so, as you said, Bradley Cooper plays the main Leon. This is one of his earlier before he was like a megastar roles, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it? I mean, I mean, uh, he wasn't a megastar at least. Like he no, wasn't the Bradley Cooper of today. Yeah, this was like three years before, uh, um, or four years actually before Silver Linings Playbook. And that's probably that's that's I think that's when he really took off, right? He had success before then, though. Well, yeah, he was in plenty of movies sure. before then. I think that's where he, like, he was, uh, oh, I guess he was in the Hangover movies and Limitless yeah. and yeah. A-Team. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so this was before all that, though. Silver Linings Playbook is where he got that Oscar, though. He did, though. Did he actually did. get an Oscar for that? I can't yeah. remember. I know the movie won Oscars. Did he actually get an Oscar, though? I thought he did. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, uh, also starring uh, Leslie Bibb as Maya... <clears throat> Fine. fine, or as uh, Aaron Neville would say, she's so fine. 
<laughs> I can't do it. I know some people are really good at it, but no. Uh, Brooke Shields, the incomparable Brooke Shields. She's always great. Yeah. Uh, plays Susan Hoff. Uh, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, probably the most badass man to ever walk the face of the earth. Pretty, pretty damn good. Right? Pretty damn good, lads. And I don't know I don't know how he does it between this movie and Gone in 60 Seconds. He bags these rock and rolls where he doesn't even have to say a fucking word. Like, at all. He literally says one word in he's this a, entire movie. Dude's a fine actor, too. But, like, when he doesn't say anything, he's so much more imposing because oh, yeah, dude. he's, um, who's the dude that does that, um, uh, Robert Irvine, that chef that does that, uh, Restaurant Impossible show. You ever seen that on the Food Network? It sounds really familiar, he's but I'm not entirely big, sure. He's a fucking brick shit house of like a Brit, and he's uh, he was in the military and all that, and he's a chef, and he basically whips people into shape. It's one of those shows where he goes places, he takes on challenges, and has to do stuff in a certain time period. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but he kind of looks exactly like Vinnie Jones. Look him up. Uh, his name's Robert Irvine. I will. Can I bring something up real quick, though? Sure. I was just looking at the uh, IMDb's for these two actors. Okay. Bradley Cooper, do you think he's six foot one? Um, and hold on, do you think he's shorter than Vin, or do you think he's taller than Vinnie Jones? Uh, I'm I, my guess is that you're gonna tell me that he is, and they shot it in a way that he didn't look. I like thought it. Vinnie Jones was like six four, so six I. five. He's so he's sick. Well, <laughs> on his IMDb, it says he's six foot three quarters of an inch. <laughs> like you're getting real specific I mean, there. Six foot still pretty tall, but yeah, sure. I mean, how tall are you? I'm six one. Okay, yeah, and you're you're pretty tall. But he's he's more fold out too, though. So if you see him, I don't think Bradley Cooper's that tall. I think I think it's pretty common practice for them to add a couple inches in Hollywood, though. All they gotta, on their in their uh, online stats. It's possible. All they got to do too, though, is to to give that illusion though, is drop the camera a little bit with a little sure? bit of an up sure, up sure. shot and. What's this guy's name? Irvine what? Uh, Irvine. No, no, uh, no. Oh, uh, 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 Chef Irvine. Chef uh, Robert Irvine. Robert. 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 Bob Irvine. Robert Irvine. Bob Irvine. Doesn't he look like Vinnie Jones? Come on down to Bob Irvine. <laughs> Irvine Chevy, Chevy <laughs> Automotive. No, he doesn't look like Vinnie Jones. Oh, come on, James. You're killing me here. I mean, aside, totally from, aside from the fact that he's an old dude who's ripped out of his fucking mind but well, uh, maybe 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 he looked more like him when he was younger i don't know but that's all i was seeing though when i saw him no he looks more like fuck who does this guy look like he looks like <laughs> when he's not smiling when he's got like sort of a half smile on his face he looks like a super ripped version of uh uh jeff daniels <laughs> No. Yes, he does. No. In this particular picture right here, yeah, maybe he it's totally a weird, does. Maybe it's a weird picture. Um, oh, I just found one where he looks like Vinnie Jones. Okay, okay. So, was he younger? Uh, Yeah, his okay, hair so wasn't maybe, gray yet. Okay, so that's what it was. And yeah. It's, it's, it's his, he's been on TV for a long time, so. Yeah, that's, a big, um, that's a big dude, though. Also, some uh, some some cameo performances here by that's Ted a, Raimi. That's a big man, that's for sure. Ted uh, Raimi that had uh, the shortest screen time and the worst digital effects it was so ever. funny though <laughs> it was like i almost i almost am glad that the digital effects were so bad at that point in yeah, time like, because the comical look on on ted Raimi's face as his eyeballs were <laughs> being jettisoned out of his face <laughs> it was so funny so Raimi plays a character who's uh, he's on he's on the train with his wife and then i guess a friend that's trying to get them into a menage a trois i think they're just joking around that, was he though that's the kind of shit that you say to me and Aaron all the time. 
am I though? <laughs> that's fair. That's, the, that's, that's the, a fair that's, point. That's the question. <laughs> um, no, but he gets he, he's on there, whatever, and uh, and Vinnie Jones, the uh, the uh, mahogany was his name. I don't think I said that. Mahogany, great, great name, right? Great fucking name, dude. I love. He's, so I'm a, I bet he smells great. I'm a sucker. <laughs> Like rich mahogany. rich mahogany. I'm a sucker for a good serial serial killer name in the same way that I'm a sucker for a good mask. Uh-huh. If you if you're not going to be wearing a good mask as a serial killer, you better have a great name. And mahogany, what a fucking it's, it's, awesome it's, name, it's, dude! It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very rich sounding. It's very <laughs> sophisticated. It is. It's sophisticated know? sounding. Uh, speaking of sophisticated. I didn't remember because, like I said, I had seen this movie years and you know uh, years ago. This movie was a lot more of a sophisticated movie in terms of how it looked. The cinematography was really good in this movie. Yeah, it was great. Um, and for it just being like you think of, uh, you think of like a lot of the Stephen King adaptations. They're they're just they're good, but they're kind of they're not great. You know, what I'm saying a lot of them. They're just kind of meh, middle of the scale. It's like, well, what you're saying, yeah, like, uh, for people who are trying to capture the, the, the picture you get in your mind when you're reading a Stephen King novel, Mm -hmm. nobody, not many people are great at capturing that on film. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so for this, I kind of expected it to be the same kind of movie going back into it. And I was very pleasantly surprised that whoever they had shooting this movie, was really really good at their job. Whether it was just the cinematographer Talking or whatever, or if it was cinematographer, or if it was the director. The director, by the way, uh, Ryuhei uh, Kitamura, he directed Godzilla: Final Wars, which is the most batshit crazy Godzilla movie <laughs> you'll ever see in your life. It's like weirdly futuristic with tons of like lasers and futuristic looking people. That's cool. And he's fighting every single monster from Godzilla's entire canon. It's crazy. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend it. But um, yeah, this movie's gorgeous, though from uh, from a cinematic standpoint, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, so I was I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I thought that I recognized the uh, um, what's his name here, the the DOP's name. Oh, Jonathan Sala is the is the uh, DOP. What else did he do? He did. Deadpool 2, okay. John Wick, okay. Uh, Transformers, The Last, I don't remember, I, would, I don't... Last Night? Last, sure. It's the last, the last, I believe, um, uh, Transformers movie. Law Abiding Citizen, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Uh, so, you know, he's, so he's, he's, gotta, he's involved with a lot of these, like, big sort of... Well, for a lot of those movies with those huge action set pieces, you have to know how to shoot good yeah. to do that. So that doesn't <laughs> you gotta know how to shoot you good. Gotta, you gotta shoot good. <laughs> Um, no, you have to know your craft, though. I think in, you know in order to to put those things together. Right, right, right. Whereas this movie, though, it, it's it was more of the look that was more. This movie was kind of a slow burn a little bit. You know, it was a yeah. It, it moved at a very slow pace, but mm-hmm. never boring. You know, it it just took its time and it breathed, and and it was great for it. Um, and then you get to the kills. The kills are fucking fantastic in this yeah. movie. <laughs> they, I, I wasn't sure at first if the blood was supposed to be super stylized or if it was just really bad CGI. I think it's style. You think so? I think so. I, I think you're probably right, but it wouldn't shock me if it was just really bad CGI <laughs> that they knew was bad, so they just like went with it. <laughs> well, because if you look at the the amount of blood in, in, in certain scenes, like 
even if you're bashing somebody's skull in with a gigantic meat tenderizer. Which is how Ted Raimi's eyes got smashed out of the back <laughs> of his head. Like, he just whips him in the back of the head. It's just like, boop. Right. So he, he smashes Raimi in the back of the head and then I think hit the other dude a couple of times. And then when the girl turns to run away, there's an inch of blood on the floor uh-huh. for her to like, for her to crawl around in. That wouldn't happen, you know? From one big strike to the back of the head. No. So, no. Well, if you consider if you consider the, if you consider the amount of blood that was everywhere, and and how gruesome the kills were and stuff, I think it was just supposed to be hyper stylized. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. And it's Clive Barker. You know, I don't know that he had anything to do with this movie. No, I, it was no. I mean, but like, it, but if I don't, try- he, I don't think he produced. This uh, he did produce. Oh, it. He did. He's an okay. executive producer. Okay. But okay. if you if you if you're capturing the, I mean, it came from the book of blood. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you're trying to capture the that's true the Clive Barker aesthetic, you're gonna you're gonna bloody it up. You that's know true. what I mean? That's very true. Um, okay, so the other, uh, the other, uh, not an executive producer. He was, just, he was producer. Producer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other um, cool, uh, cool guy cameo, uh, Rampage Jackson. Ugh, that was I don't even know what I just said. Rampage Jackson. <laughs> Rampage. Quentin Rampage Jackson, who was a <laughs> UFC fighter. Yeah. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff too. He's pretty recognizable. He played uh, Guardian Angel. What a sweet name for a character. Well, the Guardian Angels are uh, a group. Oh, are they like a, a street gang or are they? No, they were. Gang or something? No, they were. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were like a, a group of people. They were almost like a neighborhood watch. Oh, really? Yeah. He was pretty antagonistic for somebody who was supposed to be a good guy. And he's joking though. Like he kind of he kind of came up and and like and tried to get well, him he to doesn't know that trying to tried to get him to wince. Okay, fair. Um, they had a really, really cool fight scene, too, though. He gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> Who, Mahogany or, yeah, or the... No, Guardian, or the, the Guardian Angel guy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good fight, but it's a... He gets the shit kicked out of him. He gets, he gets <laughs> some limbs broken with that meat, uh, that meat hammer that is just brutal. But that's also the moment where you see that there's something deeper to this story. Yeah. Because, you, because of the, the conductor of the train... Here's something going on. George, George Carlin? Mr. Mr. Conductor? <laughs> Mr. Conductor or Alec Baldwin, depending on your... What, was Alec uh, Baldwin? Alec Baldwin was what? also... Really? I didn't know that. He's a narrator. He was never Mr. Conductor, but okay. he was a narrator of... Uh, or Ringo Starr. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right, Ringo. But uh, he hears the, uh, the kerfuffle in the back, right? And he grabs his gun out from underneath his uh, console... And he comes hauling back there, and you think, oh, like this is the moment where somebody else finds out that Mahogany's in the train killing people. But then, I mean, if you think about it realistically, it's like, there's always blood all over this train. Nobody ever sees that. And then he comes back, and he shoots shoots the guardian angel in the head, and he said, I'm disappointed in you, Mahogany. Uh-huh. Clean up this mess. So then you're like, oh, wow, it's a whole thing. There's some, there's some more shit going on here. Uh, well, and then you always see. I mean, I, you could have picked up on it earlier in the movie too, because the train always goes off to the right. Yep. When it's quite clearly so supposed to go to the left. That was one of the parts where I said when I first saw this, because they show that right in the very beginning. There's a, it shows the train deviate mm-hmm. to the right, and and my first note is, is the train supernatural? Because I remember there being something about the fact that it going off track basically. Right. And I couldn't remember what 
the twist at the end was. <clears throat> so I was I was not a hundred percent right because it's not necess- not necessarily supernatural per se, but it definitely is uh, like fantastic. You know, it's fantasy based or whatever. Right. Uh, but before we get there, though, uh, yeah. So you have uh, Bradley Cooper's character Leon. Uh, him and uh, his girlfriend Maya. They live in a very tiny, like one bedroom apartment in in New York. He's a struggling photographer. He's trying to get his art into like some art shows and whatnot. Uh, she is. He's a, making ends meet by like selling his uh, selling his photography to to papers and stuff. Like yeah, he'll the try. He'll he'll listen like to the police scanner and then try and get a shot of a body before it goes in the body bag yeah. and like try and sell it to the papers. So like TMZ, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so he's uh, his him and his his girlfriend is a uh, a waitress at the local diner, and there's actually correction. I don't I don't think TMZ does a whole lot of trying to catch dead bodies on the ground. Well, <laughs> they're more like tabloid. That's fair. Sort of stuff. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, they're uh, they live in this apartment, or whatever, and they're just they're making ends meet. She's a, a waitress, or whatever, and um, she hooks him up to where she had some contact apparently at like an art gallery to some super high, you know, high up art dealer. Jurgis. Jurgis. And, uh, she, um, yeah. So she, she gets him in there. He has a, a, a meeting with this woman and this woman basically says, you know, your, uh, your pictures aren't all that good. What you're trying to do, you know, capture the, the heart of the city. You're, you're failing at it. And she goes, get, get the real things. Like stay, five minutes longer wherever it is you took these pictures and you might actually get it. So he goes out on this quest to basically find these perfect photos and he puts himself into some pretty perilous situations with like street thugs and, you know, a bunch of, bunch of people or whatever. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he ends up getting a photo of this woman that he saves from getting mugged. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he gets a photo of her entering the train yet. There's a hand on the inside of the train that has a ring on it. And then he meets another character later on, who has that same ring and he puts two and two together and realizes that when this woman comes up missing, he kind of puts two and two together that, Oh, this guy was at that spot. The last person to see her. He actually doesn't meet somebody with the same ring. He meets somebody with that same symbol on their necklace, but he doesn't well, really know that, he, that he, somebody is, is Vinnie Jones. He meets him on the street and he oh, looks oh, right oh. at his finger. Okay, I thought you were talking about the police chief. No, well, that's not that's that yeah. comes later, but yeah. Sorry, um, spoilers. And we're gonna spoil this whole thing, by the way, because well, we, we got to talk about. We have all to of because it, of so. the ending. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, like long story short, he basically embarks though on this mission to find this killer. Like he thinks that he's on the cusp of trying to figure out all these missing persons cases and all that. Yeah. Uh, so he it, he gets completely obsessed and like mind fucked by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, his girlfriend's begging him to stop because he's turning into a completely different person. Um, and I got I got to point out, Bradley Cooper, Leon, Leon, you're, you're fucking up, man. You're fucking up. I think most dudes would fucking kill for a woman that, like, treated you the way this woman treated you, like a fucking saint, and you <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> well, he gets a... I mean, he's... I mean... It, Artists, man, they get obsessed I, I with what know. they're doing. I know, and I mean, he's and he's not just a photographer; he's an artiste. This, so he wants this, to like this woman goes out of her way, though, way more than she probably rightfully should have. Yeah, to like stand up for him, yeah. and he just keeps throwing it back at her. It's like, bro, <laughs> what are you doing, dude, dude? Put a ring on it, dude. Put, put the camera down. Come on. So here's um, here's what uh, 
what else do we need to say before we like kind of discuss well, the I wasn't going to get into too much more other than the fact that he he starts following him basically yeah. and he he uncovers the plot if you will. You mentioned the police uh the police officer they're dealing with. She also wears the symbol on, on her, her necklace. necklace, which kind of gives way to there's a much bigger conspiracy going on here. Yeah. Um I think that he was chosen pretty early on. And the reason I say that is because he he obviously becomes pretty obsessed with what's going on pretty early on. And there's a scene where he goes to, there was, there was a scene where he followed uh, Mahogany to the butcher shop. Yeah. Mahogany is a butcher. In his Ma- day yeah. Day. Mahogany uh, works at a, a, not, not a butcher shop, but uh, like a meat packing plant. Yeah, processing. You're at meat. Well, they call it meat packing. Oh, we're, is it the same thing? We're splitting hairs. It doesn't okay, matter. Um, but he's a butcher you at don't this. Have too many of those left, so I won't. Split, ah! I won't <laughs> um, but he's yeah, he's a butcher at the meat packing plant. I think that the first time he follows Mahogany there, Mahogany is entirely aware of the fact because because he's, he's always a, leading him there. He's all, yeah, he's yeah. already he's already he's already shown the fact that he knows when he's being followed mm-hmm. because there was that one point in time where uh, Leon's following him, trying to get a shot of him. And then all of a sudden he turns the corner and Mahogany's just standing there like he stopped, but he's got his back to him, but he knows he's being followed. Right. I, so I, I think, so hold on. So I think he followed Mahogany to the butcher shop or to the meat packing plant. Mahogany knows that because then there's a scene where he goes back and he talks to Maya and then in the next scene, she basically says, "Just send the photos to the send the photos to the police, and let's just be done with this. Like, you know, sure. let them figure it out." But then the very next scene, you see him at the library, and he's scanning the microfiche at the library, like reading old uh, newspaper articles. Yep. And you see the one from 1895 that says butcher held in killings uh, of of uh, <laughs> citizens or whatever. Uh-huh. In the background, if you noticed, there's somebody who looks just like Mahogany who walks toward the camera behind him and then turns down one of the aisles. Oh, I didn't in even the notice library. that. I never even noticed so that. So I think at that point, Mahogany was then following him and realized he was getting very, very interested in the entire story behind all of this and kind of marked him as like, this is the guy. And that's why every time Mahogany sees him, he smiles like he's like, oh, I finally got you. I'm gonna kill you. But he's he's smiling because he's like, oh, I finally got you. Now I can, now yeah, I can bring you into the brotherhood or whatever. In that scene though, where we're talking about where he first meets him, where where Leon's following Mahogany, and like he catches up to him, and Mahogany just stands there and kind of lets Leon almost basically bump into him. Yeah, he gives him a look that's almost like I, I originally took it as. I know you're following me, but I can't do anything because we're in broad daylight. So he just walks away. That's how I originally took it. Right. But given what you just said, it, that could totally be interpreted as he looks at him and sees something in him, maybe. So mm-hmm. he lets him follow him. And it's almost like he's sort of testing him. Like every time he fights him, he's sort of testing him to see if he has what it takes. Right. Because there's also another weird part of the story where Mahogany is kind of like, he's, he's, dying sort of kind of how i took it he basically his has like, body's these, breaking down there's weird chest herpes <laughs> that he has like a weird collection of in his medicine cabinet that was weird i don't know why he's keeping them you don't need that shit i think it was 
Unless yeah, it makes well, for a good calamari substitute. Oh. <laughs> batter him up, batter him up, and fry him. <laughs> it was it was so nasty. That was a weird scene. Um, but he's got these things on his chest, these nodules that are growing all over his like chest, and yeah. he's basically taking a, a razor uh, scalpel, scalpel and he's just cutting them off and then storing them in like barbasol. Isn't that what they put like combs in at the uh, <laughs> at the Bar- barbasol is shaving cream. Well, no, don't they, don't they make the the, uh, the blue the blue water they put the combs in at uh, barbershop? Barbasol, though, what is it? I, I wish I saw a barbasol logo on it. Whatever. Oh, I have no idea. That's just what it looked like to me. Or yeah, so something that will preserve it. Preserve it, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's doing that. So you're right. I, given all of that, he could have seen him as sort of like somebody he might groom or be testing. Right. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 very possible. Well, and, that, and the 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 conductor at the end, after he finally, uh, after their final fight, the conductor comes out and he says, uh, he, he says about mahogany, like he was he was no longer up to the challenge mm-hmm. or something like that. And then he says to to Leon, like, like you are basically you're stepping into his shoes and you will lead. Or, or you will follow without question. I thought, like, he rips out his tongue <laughs> and eats it, which was gnarly. And then says... Uh, you never had tongue? You will follow like the rest of us without question. So, which is pretty funny to say because he can't ask a question because he just ripped his tongue out. So let's get into what that all means. Um, when they... Yeah, this was this was where... Okay. What the twist? <laughs> I, I, was, I had no idea what I was getting into. I just thought it was going to be the story of a guy following a serial killer. He was going to crack the case, confront him. Maybe somebody would get killed. Uh when he finally, so Mahogany basically, he follows Mahogany into a train and takes pictures of him. And then Mahogany sees him and he's like, all right, I finally got this fucker. Mm-hmm. Could have easily killed him. Very easily killed him. Yeah. Uh, but instead hangs him up in the, like the meat locker train. That's right. He doesn't actually. Well, here's the thing though. Here's the weird thing about that. And I hate when movies do this. They sh- they'll show the scene of like what the killer does to his victims, right? Like uh, to to the original victims, the I think it was Sam Raimi or uh, uh, Ted Raimi's wife, he uh, or, or or the other guy, somebody. He basically takes him. He like cuts his tongue out, cuts his eyes out, removes the fingernails, removes the uh, all of his teeth. You mm-hmm. know, basically prepping the body for consumption. Basically, yeah. Um, so that's what he does after he kills somebody, mm-hmm. right? So why wouldn't he do that to all of the other people he kills? Why are the main people kept alive? Now, for for Bradley, for Leon's sake, I can understand that if he was prepping him. But for Jurgis, who is one of uh, Leon and Maya's friends, mm-hmm. he gets ca- captured too. And he's hanging up by his feet by meat hooks, but he's mm-hmm. not dead. Why would he not be dead? Why would his eyes not have been removed? Why would his tongue not be removed? Why would his teeth not be removed? It almost doesn't really make sense, except for the fact they wanted a scene where he's hanging in there and gets killed. I think that's exactly what it is. Like you just have to sort of forget about that. For he does have a pretty sweet gut rip, though. His fucking his kill scene <laughs> is crazy. So much blood, so, dude. It's it's an unnatural amount of blood. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, you have seven pints of blood inside you. Yeah, yeah but if you got slashed across the gut, nothing else came out. Like, did it was his, all blood and no guts. Did his intestines, his intestines didn't come out, nothing, did they? Nothing. Well, that's bullshit. It was like it was like you had a duffel bag full of blood, and you just, like, slashed <laughs> the bottom of it. Uh, that was a great scene, though. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Um, um, anyway, so the ending. 
Oh, the end. We're getting to the ending already. Let's do it. Well, it's not even the ending. Let's get to so. Uh, so he knocks. Fine, third act. He knocks Leon unconscious. This is still second act stuff. He knocks Leon unconscious, unconscious, and then you see him hanging from his feet. But he's he's not like all the other victims where they're hung with meat hooks through their Achilles tendons. I'm pretty sure he was hung. <laughs> well, well hung. <laughs> Maya seemed to like it. <laughs> um. He's he's hung upside down, but he's just tied there. And you see all these like random flashes of these dark figures coming in that are obviously not human. They're like creatures of some kind. Yeah, it was weird, right? And they come in, and you can see them sort of like slashing at him and stuff. And I, and at this point, I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what? Where did this movie just go? It comes out like, of nowhere, right? Yeah." And then I'm like, "Okay, I guess it's a creature feature. Like this is." This is weird. Um, and then he wakes up, and he wakes up in the meatpacking plant, gets up, and he goes home, and then he's acting, you know, acting strange at home and stuff like that. That's when I knew exactly what had happened. Like, I knew as soon as they had come in, the whatever those dark figures were, as soon as they came in and they did whatever to him, I knew he was marked. Like, he, he was, was marked. marked. He was the chosen one. Like literally and figuratively. And you know what? I don't know how I didn't put two and two together, but you're I think you're hundred percent right. Like I, I when I when the movie ended, I still was sort of questioning like what did the symbol actually mean? Hmm. You know? Because they don't really explain what that symbol on his chest actually means, right. other than the fact that Vinnie Jones uh, mahogany also has one. Right. And I think that you're a hundred percent right. It's like Vinnie Jones or Mahogany got his from the person before him. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yep. You're right. So, and and that's why the, because one of the first things I noticed in the movie, right before I noticed Mahogany walking up behind him in the library, was the fact that the article he was reading was from 1895. Uh And I was like, okay, that either either means that Vinnie Jones, uh, Mahogany is either extremely old and you have something supernatural going on. so old. So old. (laughs) And you have something supernatural going on, or he is one of one of one of many like one of a a line like a lineage of butchers who have taken on this task is that why his name was mahogany because trees mahogany trees are super old like they live for a long time i think that's do you think that's why i really i doubt it okay (laughs) it's just a thought (laughs) um there is a hold on i was reading something so in the original short story uh leon directly or i don't know if it's leon it just says he in the original short story he directly meets the eldritch abomination the el- that the elders work for uh-huh. so those things down in the in the like underneath the city are called the elders yeah and they work for the eldritch abomination uh which drives him insane with a mixture of terror and instinctive drive to worship it it breaks him so thoroughly that he is incapable of doing anything else. It even ends with his now loving New York when he used to despise it. Interesting. And so that's got to be Leon then. And it also explains, and and the I think the train conductor explained a little bit uh, in the movie that basically these things have been under here since uh, since before any humans, and even before that. Yeah. Before anybody knows, like there's there's no way to tell how old they are, 
but they've been here and essentially like any any gods that you ever heard stories of were you know they they they, they essentially started with these beings and then were just changed over time by humans right like they're, uh, they're the stories that led to the stories. Yeah, there's another thing. If you don't mind me just reading no, straight from means. IMDb. It says, The ancients' immortality is ensured by human flesh. They are themselves degenerate humans. And said, more, said, immor, said immortality is needed for them to continually serve the eldritch abomination they made a deal with so New York would prosper. Uh, it also it's also implied that similar deals were brokered with similar abominations at the site of every major city in the world, even yours. It's also implied that all myths of gods ever, including the Abrahamic deity, are sa- uh, sanitized accounts of these abominations. Okay, so between between this movie, between I Am Legend, and between Digging Up the Morrow, I'm completely buying into the Hollow Earth. Or Marrow, if you are a normal person. Or Marrow. <laughs> I'm completely buying into the Hollow Earth theory. Because that's exactly what the all these movies are. And Nightbreed. Don't forget Nightbreed. And Nightbreed, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what all these movies are. Mm. I'm pretty sure that the horror community is telling us something. Hey, Amen. They got the goods, and they're trying to tell people, but they can't <laughs> be completely outright. Dude, let's go find a marrow entrance. It's got to be one of those industrial parks we... Uh, <laughs> I would we, uh, not. I would they're, not. They're mining. It. They're mining underground. They're pulling up. That's what all that metal was. It's in space the... metal. <gasps> I don't know why it's from space, but it's space. Space metal. It's like if a, they put a UFO through a paper shredder. That's that's what all that metal that we found looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm down. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, no, but they they do though. They're all very similar in theme though. It's like there's this underground world yeah. that have these creatures that live down there, and I don't know, man. And when you look, I mean, could that, could the, the things in the descent be the same? I mean, they... Absolutely. They act exactly the same. Absolutely. And they eat human flesh. It's it's funny. The um, I, I, When I was watching the end of the movie, I totally was thinking like, you know what this movie reminds me of? It's like, if, if, if this game was, or if this movie was basically like Mortal Kombat, and it's like, Leon versus Mahogany <laughs> in... The meat train, right? And then, like, they're having their fight or whatever, and then suddenly Mahogany uppercuts Leon, and they go through the bottom of the train down into, like, the underworld, where all the skeletons, and it's like, this is like a Mortal Kombat-like stage with the multiple layers. (laughs) I don't know why that made me think of it, but the bodies hanging from the hooks everywhere and all that. totally right on. And when they get down there, like, that's when you really see the Clive barker-esque yeah i uh influence you know i was watching this and i was like this movie would be so much better if like all the new york stuff was filmed by by the director right Mm -hmm. but then they let all of the underworld stuff be filmed by clive himself with his own style so you had two completely different distinct styles right Mm -hmm. that'd be really really cool like a super juxtaposition I mean, of like above kinda, world and below world. It kind of was though. No, it was. I'm just. I guess I'm thinking of it like even more though. Because whenever I think of Clive Barker, I don't think of Hellraiser. I don't think of um, Nightbreed. Right. I think of Lord of Illusions. I think to mm. me, Lord of Illusions has. It's the most Clive Barker looking movie that he's directed. Of the three movies he's directed. Um. I've and never, so, I've never seen Lord of Illusions. It's so good. It's so. But good. I've seen, I've seen uh, scenes from it. So are you talking more like the, uh, like that gothic look? It's sort of gothic. It's all very drab, sepia tone, just kind of gross, yeah. barren. Like, like you look at, you look at a scene from it, and you just, you, you have a feeling of, 
of just like defeat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing about just bleak. Yeah, very bleak. Yeah. yeah. Like it's nothing about it is cheery. Nothing about it is gives you any hope at all. Like it's just like <laughs> If you existed there, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly how it looks to me. Yeah, and that's to me. Like, I'm, I'm watching this like whole underworld where there's just skeletons piled up from these creatures feeding on these bodies, and the creatures themselves were so fucking cool. Like they were so gnarly looking. I loved it, and I'm like, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like this would be a great sequence directed by Clive himself mm-hmm. because he's got such an eye for that stuff. Where it already looks great, I just thought that it could have looked even better. Yeah. You know, that's all. Yeah, that's... I'm not taking anything away from what's there. Just, no, you know. no, 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 because it looked awesome. But yeah, I, I mean, I could get behind something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just to make a complete juxtaposition yeah. between the the upper world and the underworld for sure. Um, I don't know, man. Like, what else we got about this movie? I love. Do you really, want to give the full I, ending away? I really. Well, I guess liked, we kind of already have. Yeah, we did already. I love the fact that they brought it back around to the beginning. So I didn't realize that until I started reading about it. Oh, really? I well, did you realize that was him? Did they show his face in the beginning? No, of it? no, no. But but the the movie opens with uh and, and this to me this guy was very hard to mistake because you you don't I like seeing seeing characters who are entirely bald like shaved bald you don't see that a lot in movies Mm -hmm. because most people who are actors have you know big beautiful heads of hair fucking pricks um so when that guy and he's sleeping on the on the train when that guy wakes up in the beginning and he immediately slips on blood and then at the end when you see him sleeping there with his shiny bald head Yep. yep you're right I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's really cool that they brought. So basically, the spoilers, like we, uh, like <laughs> we said, basically the first kill that you see in the movie is Leon's first kill as the new butcher. So what you're saying is that the beginning is the end is the beginning, or the end is the beginning is the end. <sighs> yeah. Fucking Billy Corgan, man, he's ahead of the curve again. Not my rib cage too. <laughs> Yeah, I I love this movie. It was way better than I remember it. Um, it's this is this one of the movie this is like got kind of I'm like it's 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 not I don't think it, got, it was very well received. No, so what happened what happened to it was the uh, it was during its its post production. The studio head at the studio that was releasing it got changed out, and you always hear stories about when somebody new comes in, they trash everything that came before them because they want their own legacy. Such bullshit, dude. So what happened was, is during post-production, a new guy came in, and rather than opening this movie in uh, you know, regular theaters, they opened this movie in the dollar theaters. What? You know, the theaters in the in shopping malls and, you know, the, the $2 uh, rerun theaters. That's where it opened. It, this movie didn't get sent to uh, to regular theaters. And then uh, overseas, because it did so poorly here, it was only direct-to-DVD, uh, direct-to-video overseas. So, yeah, so, so this dumb, so this movie definitely got the shit out of the deal. Um, and it's, it's, the, it's the kind of movie that you'll go into a, like a used DVD store and it's like in the dollar bin all the time. Because no one cares about this movie at all, but it's really good. It's yeah, it's really so really good. I really liked it a lot. It's down to like like I said, the cinematography is great in it. The pacing is great in mm-hmm. it. The 
you know, the fact that it like it, it it doesn't rush to get anywhere. It takes its time. It's an hour and 45 minutes, so it's not super short, not super long. I think it's a perfect length. Yeah. It takes its time to get where it needs to go. The acting is good. The the characters are great. The the effects at the end are really great. Like the creature effects, yeah. it's all practical too. Um there's just there's outside of the, the blood that's very stylized. I can see how some people might not like that, but if it's purposely done, then I'm on board. Yeah. Um there's just there's very little to not like about it. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Everything about it, I was like, I was like, man, I uh I, I'm pissed that I took so long to watch this movie because <laughs> I had, like I said, I, I I've been seeing trailers for it for twelve or not. I have obviously seen for trailers for years. the twelve years, but I I remember twelve years ago seeing stuff about it and going, oh, that looks interesting, mm-hmm. and just never watched it. What the hell's wrong with me? But it's one of those movies that, in a way, also I'm glad I did wait so long to watch it because. Back when it first came out, I'm sure there was buzz about it. And I'm sure people were talking about everything, including the spoilers. Yep. Dude. Missed, going, it, missed it all, right? Going into a movie like this, thinking that it's one thing, and then finding out it's something completely different, what a what a cool surprise, you know? Like, I, Unless you're listening to the show, and then it's not going to be yeah, a cool surprise. Well, <laughs> you, you know what we do on this show, so whatever. That's true. You, you've, you've been here before, hopefully. So, um, Yeah, I don't... I mean, do you have a favorite scene? Favorite scene? Uh, I was, I love the. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a really, really cool, like innovative, uh, like a, a piece of innovative camera work when he, n- like, knocked that woman's head off. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, what and did the, you do? Knock my block off? Yes, yes. It's exact from Killer Clowns Modern oh. Space. <laughs> yes, he literally knocked her block off. <laughs> he they they switched to a because they really used a lot of different uh, styles of camera work in this mm-hmm. movie. And there was <laughs> there was one scene. It was the scene with Ted Raimi. So Ted Raimi gets the back of his skull bashed in. His eyes come flying out of his skull. <laughs> well, I don't know what the hell just <laughs> happened. He just snorted. <laughs> it was like a, I I might have, but then I also choked on it. <laughs> Um, oh my god! And then he kills the other dude, and then he turns turns toward the girl, and she's like, she just slipped on a puddle of on three inches of blood, and then she uh, she's backing away from him. There, yeah. (laughs) Um, and she uh, did you just do the Ninja Turtles thing? No, there's turtles in a half shell. Like turtles in a half shell. No, there's actually I, I don't I don't remember the name of the Three Inches of Blood song, but there's a there's a thing that he does like that, and now that I'm thinking of it, it almost sounds like Turtles in a Half Shell. <laughs> anyway, but uh, she's on the ground, and they switch to POV, and you just see her hands in front of her. Oh, yeah. And he smacks her once with the meat tenderizer, and then you see her hands go up again, and then the next smack, you just see, boom, the, the impact of the hammer, and then you see the camera start to roll away. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, that's her head rolling away, and it's just like the... The flipping, so you see, you see mahogany, and then the floor, and the mahogany, and then the floor, and then and then it comes to a rest. The one thing I didn't like about that is when they're panning, so they switch from POV to uh, back to third person, mm-hmm. and they're they're using the the reflection in her eye, basically. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, they use a reflection in her eye of mahogany, and then they pull out from her eye. The only thing I didn't like is when they're pulling back from her severed head, it goes. Where's that air coming from? <laughs> well, the train. 
Oh, I see. <laughs> um, but then there's a there's a, a bit of realism that's f- f- like she blinks a couple times, and then like the fact that her hands on her body are still like clenching and stuff. Like that's it's like it's like the turtle from Cannibal Hall. Yeah, that's always like that kind of like like that little bit of because re- you know even if you got your head cut off, it's quite possible that you're neurons would keep firing for a little I mean, while your muscles would would tense up and stuff i've so, never killed a human being but i would imagine that would happen i'm sure, sure. <laughs> so there's there that like when when people add that into their movies that bit of realism mm-hmm. like where a corpse is still sort of kicking or whatever sure. it always freaks me out but it's yeah. also <laughs> pretty yeah. sweet i think for uh, i think for me my favorite scene was uh it was the realization at the end that the uh, w- once they're down in the underworld mm-hmm. you have the uh the train driver that comes out and you think that he's at first like the my impression of him is he's a lot smaller than than uh mahogany or whatever yeah. he's kind of like his handler is kind of what i thought right, he was right right but then once uh, uh leon kills mahogany and mm-hmm. they're down in this underworld leon walks up to this little tiny little you know train conductor guy and he grabs him by the neck and just lifts him straight up and he's struggling and it's like holy shit this dude's this dude's like is super badass and way stronger than you could possibly imagine like he's which which it's it's weird too because he was obviously so that that probably would have meant that he was stronger than mahogany yeah oh yeah 100 percent. he was basically the one that was enslaving him so it was pretty it's pretty wild because why doesn't that guy just kill people but there's like a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, right? yeah. So like they they use these these puppets to mm-hmm. to he's the get group, the meat. He's the grunt work. You're right. Basically, yeah. yeah. But I love that scene because it just it kind of flipped the whole script on what you thought that character was. It was like, yeah. oh shit, like this is wait, this is there's more to this than there's a lot more layers than you would think. And I can't remember what he said, but something that he said even suggests like made a suggestion that he actually was one of those things. He said, but "You'll, you'll serve look. like we all do." But I think that was more. No, about... it was before that. Like he oh, actually, okay. like he says something, blah blah blah, blah <laughs> and he says, "Even me," or like I am one of them, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that made it sound like he's one of those things. But for some, well, maybe reason, he's, he's one of the elders. That's possible. That could be it. Yeah. Oh no, no, those things were the elders. Well, well the or the eldritch. but then there was the eldritch abomination. Oh, the abomination was like the maybe. main thing that they all serve. See, okay. I, I do wish they would have gotten into that a little more yeah but i suppose i can supplement it by reading books of blood sure which is i've, I would, I've which i, I actually ha- i have i have books of blood on audible and oh. i've never listened to Let's it do it i would take a sequel to this movie i think it'd be funny to have uh bradley cooper come back eight you know with the amount of time that's passed yeah the older version he's still doing it or whatever yeah. like you could and you could do like a passing of the baton every 15 years yeah for sure I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I doubt he would ever do it, but yeah, probably not. Be, not at this cool. point. <laughs> who was the dude that played the? Um, who was the dude that played the the cook? The um, that He's was so uh, familiar, and I cannot place him to save my life. Uh, that like, was Peter Jacobson. Yeah, what is he from though? He was everything. Um, I know he's in a lot of stuff, but well, what you would know him from, I think he was on House. Yes. Okay, that's exactly it. Yep. Okay. He was. Uh, so he, the, he House had the was it two or three doctors. That worked under him. Yeah. That worked under him. The interns. Yeah, yeah. and he was. He's one of them. He was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew I knew him from somewhere. I just like I said, could not place him. <clears throat> the one thing that I didn't like about the movie was Mahogany's death. I thought it was really anticlimactic. Really? Like they're they, they had a really big fight scene beforehand, but then he just kind of gets kicked out of the train. You never see him again. Like I just thought they could have done that sequence a little bit more like bigger to give him a, a proper send off. 
Did you watch the rest of the movie? Oh, yeah, that's right. He does come back. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> Never mind. I'm an idiot. He comes back right. and they have a huge fight. Well, you know what it was? I took, and then he gets I made, stabbed through the neck with a bone an, and then stabbed through the mouth It's because with a I knife. made a note about that before the, the other scenes came, and that's what is sticking out in my brain. Never mind. Scratch that off. You're right. Okay, so hold on. So then in real time, when you were watching this movie and you saw him get kicked out of the train, you really thought that no. was going to be the end of him? Well, that's that was my thing. I was like, well, that was really anticlimactic. Like... Yeah, I said I, I didn't remember the end of this movie. I, so I knew you, that there was. You a... remember now him coming back? Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm looking at my notes here though, and it's like I saw that note, <laughs> so they that sequence yeah, flashed yeah. back into my head. That's yeah. all. So, um, I don't have anything else to add. No, it's a great man. movie. I hey, highly recommend it. Let's uh, let's have a short episode for once yeah. in our fucking we just, life. Uh, we do have to pick for the next three weeks. Oh yeah. So we oh well, whole... this this ought to add another twenty minutes yeah, right? to the show. <laughs> we got a we got a whole box of fresh new ideas, uh, and we only need to pick three. So. This could be crazy. We only need to pick three. We only got three more weekends for the rest of June. This was week one. So, uh, yeah, so said it, uh, this episode is going to get released on the 7th, so we're picking for the 14th. That is this one. Okay, picking one. And this is one of yours. Uh-oh. And it is... Oh, this is... <laughs> this is... The one that you said is going to take like three or four oh, weeks. Oh, good lord! <laughs> this is a retrospective of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so there's like what six or seven movies total. So you're talking, like you're talking about all the remakes, the uh, oh yeah, the whole, okay. I'm talking about the whole lineage, but we would do it the way that we normally do it, where we'll split it up, split it up, you know, for whatever. I, here's what I would say to to keep this month maybe a little more. Let's start this next month. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. What what were you just gonna say? I'm okay with that. If you want to take this one, you want to start this one like beginning of July. Yeah, we'll start down the first week or whatever. Yeah, and then we're gonna have to basically only pick like one or uh, basically two per month until we get done with Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe we'll try to make some shorter episodes where we condense the beginning of the show and we can maybe fit in three. That's probably a bad idea. Mm, That's yeah, probably no. a bad idea. <laughs> no, let's just do it the way we normally do it. I've been okay, itching so- to get into a lot of these movies. So though. we're gonna start. This in July. Okay, so yes, that's so fine. So let's still pick three more so for three, the end. Three of, more, yeah. Here, you go ahead and pick one. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Like I'd be able to tell anyway. <laughs> and and uh, if you can hear this fancy, <laughs> this fancy box. Yes, we are picking these out of a Bud Light box. This is another one of mine. This oh, is from last. This is like from last month. Oh, though. is it's it? An older one. What is it? Actor Spotlight, Liana Quigley. Oh, okay. So that's uh, Night of the Demon. Cool. Night of Demons and Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Hell yeah, man! That'll be a fun one. That'll be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> so should, that'll be next week. We should maybe get Jen in for that one. <laughs> that could be fun. All right. Um. So this is for uh, the week after next. All right. Hold on. <clears throat> Come on, you bitch. All right. This is one of yours. Another one. Jesus. Keeping up with the Buzzdacians. Keeping up with the what is this? Keeping is up with one. the Buzzdacians. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Well, this is appropriate because we just watched Mayhem tonight. Okay. Uh, and also Joe Lynch, mm-hmm. Wrong Turn Two. Oh, okay. And Camp Dread. Okay. What is Camp Dread? Camp Dread is a uh, it's a Danielle Harris movie. Oh. Uh, and there's some other people in it too. It, lo- it looks really fun. Okay. Uh, is that what I keep up with the? Keeping oh, up Buzz-dashians. with Buzzdashians. Buzzdashians. Oh, 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 because they're both based on uh, reality oh, TV reality shows. T- reality yeah. TV shows. That's it. 
is the the second wrong turn is yeah, the, the there, one it's that's a, it's with Henry Rollins. Oh, Henry yeah, Rollins okay. is the host of the uh yeah. he's the host of that reality TV yeah, yeah, show. Cool, and then cool. Camp Dread is they're all there shooting a reality show or something like that when gotcha. the shit happens. Keeping That's up with the buzzdations. Now it makes sense. All right. You want to pick this? <laughs> it's uh, weird that we picked the two that from my last month. Like we haven't oh, even, yeah. we haven't gotten anything new except for that uh Well pick Texas something Chainsaw. good then. Come on, man. All right, I will pick this one. I hope this is not one of mine. Cause it's definitely one of yours. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. On the bright side, like next month will be all yours. <laughs> uh, I believe this is one of yours because oh, mine hello. was big. All right. So lastly for this month, we have Boarding School Blues, the Black Coat's Daughter and Phenomena. Oh, cool. Like Dario Argento's Phenomena. That's the very same. All right. This will be interesting for me. Why? I was just telling my buddy last night I was talking to, I'm not big on Argento. Like I li- I love Suspiria. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying that I don't like his stuff. Like blanket statement, but I'm not a huge Giallo person. Like, that's I just that's not... actually why I picked that that movie because neither of us are huge into Giallo. Italian yeah. horror, uh, and so I figured let's fucking do it. Right? I figured let's do it. Plus, uh, uh, what the hell? Jennifer Connelly's in it, so. Wait, hold on. She, I, it might have been when she was really young. So let's not say anything just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, judging from judging from you know, Requiem for a Dream, <laughs> Babarino. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. So and the Black Coat's daughter. I've always wanted to see that one. Yeah, absolutely. Haven't seen it yet. Looks good. So is this everything? That's it. So, so that's your month of the rest of the month of June and the beginning, and of, the beginning of July. Of July. Yep. Well, cool, beginning cool. and middle of July technically. Yeah. It'll be every other week. So. Alrighty. Fantastic. All well, right. that's it. That's it. That's all. Wow, look at that. 144. Buck 44. We got got 40 seconds here to end it. Okay, well, uh, that's it for tonight. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at the Buzzkill Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, check us out at the Buzzkill PC. Uh, you can also uh, you we're on every major streaming service at this point, including Spotify. Including Spotify. So uh, please tell a friend or two, not three. Don't be greedy. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that's it. If you if you feel like it, give us a review, give us some stars wherever the hell you can give us stars, and we'll see you next you can, week. DM us, <laughs> slide in, slide into our DMs. Slide. I'll Ooh. I'll give you my address. You can actually send me like a little uh, sticker star if you want to. Oh, I'll, I'll put it on my shirt. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it. And it'll be <laughs> that's nice. Be internet famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See cheers. You. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey, it's good to have you back, sir. Hey, man, it's good to be back. Watch next week. There's going to be a huge spike in COVID, and we're back on lockdown. <laughs> it is what it is. It was. It was. It was a good run while we had it. <laughs> Try to have a good night.